Hey guys, we're so glad you're tuning into the Apex Students Podcast. We hope you enjoy this message from Apex Students, and we pray that you don't walk away without looking a little bit more like Jesus. I'm going to get you in some marshmallows. Who can show me a marshmallow that they waited? All right, here comes another. Your way. Great job. What? Anybody else? Great job. Yes, now you're free to eat your, your two marshmallows. Wow, you have some, we have some patient people in this room. Keefe, come on, what are you doing? Take your marshmallow. Um, here, could you put this on Malachi's seat, please? No, he doesn't actually I did not specify that you couldn't liquefy the marshmallow all over your hands, so I just feel compelled that I need to give him a, a secondary marshmallow. All right. <clears throat> so one of the cool things about psychology the field of psychology, is that we actually like study human brains and we learn some things from them. Now, in history, that has led us to some pretty horrific crimes against humanity, but it also has led to some pretty cool things. There's a, uh, a beautiful, helpful experiment called the marshmallow test. Has, has anyone heard of the marshmallow test before this moment? Great job. You knew it was coming. Okay, so this is what happens. It might sound familiar, and it is as delicious as it sounds. Um, you basically, um, there's a marshmallow on the table. And yeah, definitely don't liquefy that one. Thank you for that. There's a marshmallow on the table, and a child is seated at the table. And the facilitator comes in and says, okay, you have a choice to make. You can either eat that small treat right now, or you can wait. I'm going to leave and come back with a second, even larger treat that you can have if you wait. And then they walk out. I, the one I've seen it in a bunch of different ways. The one I actually, the video I saw was like a marshmallow and you get a second marshmallow. But not every kid likes marshmallows. They used cookies. They've used stickers, all kinds of stuff. This is like actual research, like science. So of course there are like cameras on these children. And so like as they're waiting, they're like staring down the marshmallow like it's going to make a face at them. They might like play with it. They might, <laughs> they like make faces at it. They're like really struggling. Some kids even eat the marshmallow before the facilitator <laughs> leaves the room. They're like, okay, I know the deal here. I'm just going to eat this. So <clears throat> the most patient children, they, they wait it out. And um, most often they find themselves looking away from the marshmallow. It's successful if they pretend the marshmallow isn't there. That's how they win. So they might close their eyes or like cover up their face, um, whatever it takes. One kid actually fell asleep. Like they were like, I know what I'll do. If I'm asleep, I won't even think about it. And they actually fell asleep. Really, really talented. They would do whatever it takes to get their second marshmallow. And here's the kicker about this experiment that has been done many, many times over like 50 years. 10 years later, this is talking about the, the original experiment. 10 years later, they, they did another test on the exact same kids. And they found that the kids that waited to, for the second marshmallow, that waited for the, the second bigger treat, tended to have, um, let me look at the words so I don't miss it. it, they were described as more competent by their parents. Now every parent thinks their kid's pretty competent, but th this was matched up with SAT scores. They found that they, were, they had higher SAT scores if they were the, the kids that waited for the second marshmallow. Now... It's also important to note that as they recreated this study with more diverse and bigger sample sizes, they found that like household income, family environment, everything else in the world goes into this. Who, who's going to find out if I waited or not ended up being a big factor for these kids? So waiting for marshmallows and SAT scores, they don't have like a direct correlation, but there is something to be said there. Did you have a question? Yes. Did the kid who just 
I don't know. I don't have the exact research. But there's definitely no research for the ones that put it all over their hands. I can tell you that if, I, if, you're, if you're fishing for what happened. But the marshmallow test, as scientific or unscientific as it may be, teaches us something that you may have heard before. Good, thing co- good things come to those who wait. Have you heard that before? Good things come to those who wait. <clears throat> as we get older and wiser, we learn that usually it's better to wait. The better things come later. A, be- a meal in my opinion and most opinions, a meal is better from the crock pot than from the microwave. That has been my experience. Hot pockets, I know, make, make a difference there. It's better to save your money <clears throat> for the something special, for like a Tesla or LASIK eye surgery or pet ducks. It's better to save your money for something special, all things that I want, than to keep you know putting in quarters to get the toy on the claw machine. It's better to wait. And this principle extends to our prayer life. This is also true with our relationship with God. We've got things that are really important to us today, things that really matter today. They're pressing issues in our lives. But if we look at the long term, we might realize that the short-term things don't matter as much as we think they do. They're the things that, and there are other things that like, they don't seem like a big deal right now, but it turns out they might put us on a path that will change our lives forever. Tonight, we're talking about the long term. We're talking about life-changing prayers. Let's pray. God, thank you for tonight, for this opportunity. We dedicate it to you. We praise you for who you are. We repent repent for what we've done, the ways that we've missed the mark. And tonight, we pray for our future selves, that you would help us draw us closer to you, help us to become more like you. In your name we pray. Everybody said, amen. Amen. We're in this series. I'll get it later. We're in this series called Awkward Conversations, because sometimes Prayer can be awkward. And that's why the disciples asked Jesus how to do it. That's why it matters that we talk about it, because it can be difficult. In case you haven't noticed, this is actually Dave's series that he has graciously allowed me to visit feet today, Pastor Chris. Um, I have caught up on upward prayer and downward prayer, upward praying praises up to God, downward prayers of confession uh, and repentance. I've caught up on the Apex Students podcast. Shout out Boardman, Oregon. So um, you can always do that. Don't forget that that's an option for you. Uh, Christian, if you're listening right now, respect. Dave has graciously allowed me to pop in tonight. We're going to talk about praying forward. These are long-term prayers, way in the distance, asking God to grow us and take care of us in a long-term way. So because praying for ourselves comes pretty naturally. (laughs) Like the very first couple times you pray, you might be taught in a way that's like, okay, I have this thing going on in my life. Um, Maybe you're praying for your test that you have coming up, praying for a person you're interested in to like notice that you exist, praying for a sick goldfish. All of those things are very important and it's good and great and important that you pray for those things. But we can't let our prayers be limited to today because then we miss out on prayers for tomorrow. Because life is short, sure, but it's also long. (laughs) There is a today. There is also very much a tomorrow. And I recognize that thinking into the future is difficult for some people. For my personality, it comes pretty naturally. I'm usually finding myself a few days or weeks or years ahead of myself. Um, But not everybody thinks like that. And so you might be struggling and worried about where this is going. But I want you to recognize that it is important for us to pray forward. It's important for us to think about the future and and realize that if we're consumed by the needs of today, we're going to miss out on the stuff that matters for the rest of our lives. We're going to miss out on what God wants to make us tomorrow. We're talking about praying forward because asking God to take you somewhere is a great way to get there. 
That's the bottom line. If, I, if you remember one thing, this is what I want it to be. Asking God to take you somewhere is a great way to get there. A man named Paul, he wrote most of the New Testament. We talk about, about him a lot in this room because of that, because he wrote most of the New Testament. We have a bunch of his letters where he wrote advising leaders and teaching churches how to follow Jesus in this new Jesus was here and left world. So in 2 Corinthians 3.18, he writes to the church in Corinth these words. He says, so all of us who have had that veil removed can see and reflect the glory of the Lord. And the Lord, who is the Spirit, makes us more and more like him as we are changed into his glorious image. So he taught that we are supposed to reflect the glory of God. As we submit ourselves to him, we become more like him. We ask him for his help to become more like him. Because looking like Jesus should be our long-term goal. Looking like Jesus should be our long-term goal. And it happens just a little bit at a time. Again, I don't want to downplay praying for today because school is important. So work hard. Pray for that test. Absolutely do that. Sports are important. Practice. Have a great time. Enjoy it. Pray about it. Your friendships, those things matter. And so engage in them, invest in them, pray about and with your friends. But this test might not have the impact you're imagining. It might not need all the anxiety that you're giving it. Your athletic prospects will probably change throughout your life. And many of your friends will come and go. I've had some amazing lifelong friends, but many of them come and go at different times in my life. However, one thing does not change. Forever, we will be trying to become more like Jesus. And whether you address it or not, you are either going to be becoming more or less like Jesus. There is no neutral. Every day you are becoming more or less like Jesus. Your choices today are taking you down a path toward Jesus or away from Jesus. So for the rest of our lives... We are trying to make those decisions that bring us closer to him. We are asking him to help us make those decisions to make us more like him. That happens for the rest of our lives. He will be transforming us into his image. If we let him, he does that for us. If we really want to see our hearts change to look more like Jesus, if we really want that, if we really want to go somewhere in a long-term way, go where God wants us to be, we have to pray for it because asking God to take you somewhere is a great way to get there. So Paul also wrote to the church in Rome, and he wrote this in Romans 12, 2. He said, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. So Romans is a great book with a bunch of basic ideas about God and also very complex ideas about God, very thick and very informative. God has used Romans 12 specifically to speak to me. So this is one of my favorite chapters. Um, I love this verse. So this verse has a bit of an equation to it. This plus this equals this. So if you want the, the equals, if you want to learn to know God's will better, his perfect, um, good, pleasing, and perfect will better, if you want to hear his voice better, you will do these two things. First, don't let the world change you. And second, let God change you. So there's a negative and a positive here. Don't let the world change you. Don't do that. And yes, let God change you. Yes, do that. So let's talk all these one at a time. The first thing is don't let the world change you. Sometimes when I read the Bible, I read something that I think, wow, that has aged really well. <laughs> that has not changed in the 2000 years. It was very true when it was written and it's extremely true today. And this is one of those things. 
the people we spend our time with, the environments we put ourselves in, those things matter. And they change us. They transform us. We begin to copy the stuff that we put around us. I found this really fun video from an old prank show. And I didn't, it's, it's in black and white. I didn't realize prank shows went back that far. Um, but let's check this out. It is the power of influence. The gentleman in the elevator now is a candid star. These folks who are entering, the man with the white shirt, the lady with the trench coat, and subsequently one other member of our staff will face the rear. And you'll see how this man in the trench coat <laughs> tries to maintain his individuality, but little by little, He looks at his watch, but he's really making an excuse for turning just a little bit more to the wall. So good. Now that's a harmless way. That's some harmless peer pressure. You've probably heard about peer pressure in school a ton. Um, a fun example. But in other circumstances, there are other ways that if you follow the people around you, you are in danger. You are on a path away from good righteousness, Jesus. And you've probably, um, you've probably lived this. I don't really have to explain this to you. You've probably lived an example of this where you've made a decision that you regret because you let the people around you lead you to a certain place or a certain opportunity. I have certainly have done that. In fact, as I look back on, on like the most, the biggest regrets I have in my life, usually I was not alone. I was with somebody else that was, that was with me on that journey to a bad place. And not just in like one, uh, one single event things where I stole a candy bar with my friend Sam, um, but not you. No, that's true. That's a different Sam. Later, I went back and put money in the, ca in the, in the, in the case because I felt so bad. This was weeks later. Um, but not only like one-time events, but also there are like long-term ways, subtle long-term ways that the people around us change us and take us down certain paths. We might start dressing a certain way to fit in with a certain group, or we might start spending our money in certain ways where we gotta buy the right phone, or the right pair of shoes, or whatever it is. We might let friends and TV and Snapchat articles teach us how to date. We might let music teach us about love and sex. Generally speaking, it's easy to let people guide us down a road and let the world dictate where we're going. And it's highly unlikely that if we let the world do that, that we are on a path toward Jesus. It is almost never going to take us toward Jesus. I ripped my pants. I ripped my pants one time. Now, this is a sad story. Great transition, by the way. Um, this is my favorite pair of light wash jeans. And uh, they're insulated, look at that. Very warm for the winter. Still warm in the summer, because they looked good. Um, now, these were my favorite ripped, or these were my favorite light wash jeans, but they came to a place where this was, this rip was a little smaller, and um, I did not, it did not rip in public, it, but it, I had to retire them because I was dangerously close <laughs> to a very embarrassing situation, especially the amount of time I spent in front of people. Like, <laughs> I'm up here on a stage a lot of times, and so I just, I had to retire my favorite pair of light wash jeans. You, here's the thing. If I sew that right there, it's just going to rip more. It's just, I've tried it, and it just can't be done, and so I had to retire them. And I bought new light wash jeans. 
Thank you, everyone. I'm very good at buying light wash jeans. Um, here's the thing about light wash jeans, all jeans. I have every pair of jeans that fits me well did not come to me fitting well. First, you buy them and they're a little tight, and then you have to what? Break them in. So you got to break in your pants. So yesterday, I wore these pants for the first time. And I look, might look a little comfy up here today, but yesterday, they were not broken in at all. And breaking in jeans, you have a certain waddle. You have a certain like way that you got to walk carefully, you know? Um, or getting in the car is a dangerous activity. <laughs> getting clothes out of the dryer is like, you, you feel like you might bust right out of them. At least that's me. Maybe that's not a universal experience. Um, so yesterday, I wore these pants for the first time. And I experienced that. It took a toll on my swag, I will admit. But it changes the way you walk. And that's the second part here of Romans 12, 2. Don't let the world change how you walk. But yes, let God change you. Let, yes, let God change how you walk. For example, um, this has been an example in my life. God's word says a lot about how we are made in God's image. <clears throat> so he teaches us, what we share as humanity is that we are created in his image. It teaches us that even while we were sinners, Jesus came to die for us. We don't have to clean ourselves up before we come to him. He died for us even though we are still sinners and have been uh, rejecting him. That's what he does for you and me and for everyone. So understanding how God sees people has changed the way that I see people. It's changed the way I walk. Because when people disagree with me or rub me the wrong way or cut me off in traffic, understanding how God sees people informs how I interact with people. It's changed the way I walk. I can't write people off. I can't dismiss them as stupid. I can't do that because God doesn't do that. He doesn't treat people that way. So neither can I. I'm doing my best to let God change me in that way. Let him change the way I walk. And it works in a million different ways depending on the, the verse or the passage or the person in scripture you're looking at. So we carry scripture with us so that it changes us. Scripture about how to treat people, uh, about integrity, about how we should think. Scripture about how good God is, remembering how good he is, and then he'll take care of us. And we ask God to use his word to change us. We carry that with us and ask him to use it to change us, transform us, and make us more like him. Because asking God to take you somewhere is a great way to get there. Here's something true about you. You are changing. In two years, you will look back at a picture of yourself and say, who was that? Kiefer, I saw a picture of you from two years ago. And I was like, who? You have shown me pictures of me, yes, from years ago. Who is that? And that's so true. In two years, especially at your age, you're going to be a totally different person in two years. Um, you'll be different on the outside. You'll have different, a different style, maybe a different clothes, maybe a different haircut, um, maybe different goals and priorities, maybe different friends around you. And you'll also be different on the inside. You will think differently. You will make decisions differently. You will speak differently. And what that looks like, what you look like on the inside in two years will depend on if you allow Jesus to transform you today. What you look like tomorrow depends on what you give Jesus today. If you've prayed forward into your future, if you've asked God to take you where you want to be, where he wants you to be. We're on a long-term mission, a lifelong mission to look more like Jesus. 
So here's a challenge. It's going to come up in your small groups tonight. I'm giving you a little time to prepare. I want you to think about a quality or discipline or something that you want God to grow in you. And I want you to partner with God in this. Don't just make something up, but ask him what he wants this to be for you. I want you to think about it. This could be something like honesty or bravery or how you talk to your parents or siblings, or it could be reading the Bible or praying more often, whatever it is, I want you to ask God what that one thing is for you. Now, some of us have a really easy time of writing a big list. Pick one for me tonight. Pick one of those things. And then in your small groups, you're going to discuss, I want you to find a verse or a passage or a person in the Bible, in scripture, that models what you want to look like in this area. I want you to pray over that thing Pray over that scripture or passage or person and that quality or habit you want for your life every single day for this week until we come back next week and pray in a different direction. Pray over that thing every single day this week. Ask God to change you and help you to grow in this area. And remember that we're talking about long-term growth here. Now, a week is not even that long-term, but it's a great start. So Ask God to, to help you find that one thing. Ask him to point out the scripture, the verse, the passage, or the person that you want to look at. And then ask God to change you into the man or woman that he wants you to be, that he's created you to be. Because asking God to take you somewhere is a great way to get there. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for this opportunity to look at your word and see what it teaches us. God, we thank you that we can pray up and praise you for who you are, for what you've done in our lives. Thank you that we can pray down, we can bow down our heads and ask for your forgiveness and that you are good and, re and you forgive us and you respond to our repentance. And God, tonight we ask that you help us to pray forward, that we don't get so consumed by the things of today that we miss who you want us to be tomorrow and that we can think about the things that your word says are righteous and good and the things that make a blessed life, and we can make those our goals. And we can make those things a priority for us to pray into, pray forward to, so that we can become the men and women that you have created us to be. Father, we thank you for that guidance tonight. And I ask that these small group conversations are, are uh, centered on you and that they are wise and illuminated by your word and by what you're speaking to hearts tonight. God, we thank you. In your precious name we pray. Everybody said, amen. 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 Thanks for listening to this Apex Student Podcast. You can listen to more Apex teachings by subscribing on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. We pray that this message has impacted your life and that you don't walk away without looking a little bit more like Jesus.